Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. We're so glad you decided to listen to our program today. Our intent is to inform you and to encourage you. This is Are You Listening? with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. In a busy world with lots of distractions, we need to pay closer attention to God. Are you listening to God's Word today? Here's Jeff. Thank you, Jay, and greetings to all. We come to you with the spirit and assurance of Hebrews 13 and verse 8 that says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. For this we are grateful. When one reads of the life of Christ, it is of interest to see the individuals Christ impacted. Today we will continue our discussions from Isaiah as we consider this verse from Isaiah 53 and verse 9. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. From this text, we will see some amazing prophecy fulfilled in the life of Christ about one man that was quite special. We will see him in a moment, but first. The International Gospel Hour has been over the airwaves since 1934. During all this time, we've been blessed to be on the air through gracious giving of congregations of Churches of Christ, faithful Christians, and devoted friends. That's why you will never hear us asking for money or for any type of donation from you, our listeners. Our offers of study material and study aids are absolutely free. We simply plea for all to carry forth the words of Jesus, to search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me, John 5:39. We also do so with the aim of the words of Peter in 2 Peter 3.18 to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we want to assure you that as you listen to our broadcast, please listen that we may grow together and go together, and we hope that we can be of help to you in any way possible. And now, we have already seen from the chapter of Isaiah 53 that it was for our griefs and sorrows and sins that Jesus was the suffering servant and the led lamb. He paid for our sins. By His stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53 and verse 9 tells of a sinless, innocent soul. Peter, in speaking of the Christ, said in 1 Peter 1.22 that He did no sin. In 1 John 3 and verse 5, John said, In Him is no sin. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The first part of verse 9 of Isaiah 53 is astounding, to where it speaks that he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. The late Brother Burton Kaufman said the following, this is the most amazing prophecy in Isaiah. The significant fact is that the word wicked here is plural, and the words rich man are singular, or the word rich. Now keep that in mind. It's singular. In Edward J. Young's book, The Book of Isaiah, the English Text, in his Introduction, Exposition, and Notes, Volume 3, he said on page 353, 
the servant was given an honorable burial after his dishonorable death because of his perfect innocence. You see, with Jesus Christ, my friends, there were two graves planned, but one prophecy. One grave, or if you will, one crucified, would also be buried by the soldiers, usually near the scene of the crucifixion with their crosses or the cross piece that would go across the top of the cross. Now, if not, it was noted that as a criminal, they would have pitched his dead body into Jerusalem's garbage dump at Gehenna to be burned with the rest of the refuse. Folks, that's horrendous. But according to the Jews in the writing of Deuteronomy 21, 22, and 23, the body had to be removed. If a man has committed a sin deserving of death, and he is put to death, and you hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain overnight on the tree, but you shall surely bury him that day, so that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, for he who is hanged is accursed of God. The burial customs for the Romans were to leave the bodies of those who had been charged to be crucified to decay and to feed the birds. Now, the second grave that is planned is with the rich. Again, as Brother Kaufman pointed out, that is singular, and a reference to Joseph of Arimathea. You see, Jesus could have been buried by the soldiers, or even had his body pitched into Jerusalem's garbage dump at Gehenna. That's a horrible thought, dear friends, and please do not take that, that I am being disrespectful or irreverent of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, no. Just to explain that there are two graves that are planned. But the second grave was planned with the rich, a prophecy, referring to Joseph of Arimathea. Bear with me, if you will. I want to read the four gospel accounts about Joseph of Arimathea and how he went to get the body of Christ. I'll be reading first from Matthew 27, verses 57 through 60. Now when evening had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn, or cut, out of the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb, and departed. Now, Mark's account, Mark fifteen forty-three through 46 Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent council member, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, coming and taking courage, went into Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate marveled that he was already dead, and summoning the centurion, he asked him if he had been dead for some time. So when he found out from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. Then he bought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in the linen, and he laid him in a tomb which had been hewn or cut out of the rock, and rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. Luke's account, Luke chapter 6, or rather Luke chapter 23, verses 50 through 53. Now behold, there was a man named Joseph, a council member, a good and just man. He had not consented to their decision and deed. He was from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who himself was also waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen, 
and laid it in a tomb that was hewn or cut out of the rock, where no one had ever lain or had laid before. And now, John's account, John nineteen thirty-eight through 42 After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus. And Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. Then they took the body of Jesus and bound it in strips of linen with the spices, as the custom of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So there they laid Jesus because of the Jews' preparation day, for the tomb was nearby. We get a complete picture of Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man, a prominent council member, one that did not consent to the decision indeed to crucify Christ, one who was a follower of Christ. He was truly a man of great integrity. Let's consider very quickly that Joseph of Arimathea was a man of affluence. Matthew's account said he was a rich man. In Matthew 19.24, I recall the text saying that it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. But keep in mind its context of the one what came to Christ in Matthew 19 and verse 16, who would not give up any of his great possessions. You see, Jesus did not say it could not happen or it was impossible, but he let us know of its difficulty. Joseph of Arimathea had his priorities right. It was not the things of the world that deceives and defeats him, as we find in Mark 4, verse 19. Although a man of affluence, he had his priorities correct. Dear friends, like Joseph, do we have our priorities correct? And as we're studying this wonderful book of Isaiah, and we think about Paul in Romans 15, 4, Speaking of things were written aforetime, were written for our learning, we'd like to send you a free study guide on Psalm 113 through 118. We'd like to send it to you absolutely free. You can call us toll free at 1 855 IGH 6988. That's 1 855 IGH 6988. And leave us your name and address and ask for the Psalm study, and it will come your way. You can also write us at our website at internationalgospelhour.com and click on the contact tab and leave us your information. Let's notice that Joseph of Arimathea was also a man of influence. In Mark's account, he was an honorable counselor. He did not vote to kill Jesus with the multitude, implying that Joseph was of the Sanhedrin, Luke 23, verse 50. He was a man of courage and boldness in Mark 15, and verse 43. And a writer by the name of Wessel said, For Pilate to release the body of a condemned criminal, especially one condemned of high treason, to someone other than a relative was highly unusual. It's because God's hand was in it all, dear friends. He was a man of influence in that he was good and just, Luke 23.50. We can never underestimate influence, dear friends. And we can never underestimate our influence in life, Matthew 5.16. Finally, he was a man of assurance, called a disciple of Christ in Matthew's account, and the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch, Acts 11:26. 26. 
as one who waited for the kingdom of God, as we see in Mark's account, we understand that we can consider the kingdom today, the church, in Matthew 16 and verse 18, and how one is translated into that kingdom. You see, we can have the same assurance as did Joseph of Arimathea. What a great life. What a great verse of this prophecy of Christ. Thank you for joining me today as we look at this wonderful man. Let's continue our studies together, shall we? I'm Jeff Archie. Thank you for joining me today on the International Gospel Hour. And until next time, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. God be with you.